All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Is this still remembering me, or this is different? Yeah, I think I it feel is. Like my my stomach fat. Let me unbutton this. <laughs> we um we not that type of show. As long as the zipper don't come all the way down. As long as the zipper. No, what's what's the new word? She don't like to say the p word. I'm nasty, so I be saying all of that. So she'll <laughs> only say it at a certain time. Which, of course, would never be on camera. So tell the people what's your new uh, pronunciation of the P word. I can't. You, that's what the word is for. You want me to do it? Yeah, you tell them. She came, she came up with the pronunciation, poussoir. <laughs> she will only say the P word under certain circumstances. So outside of that, yeah, say it. Close your eyes. No, no. Close your eyes and say it. No. Come on. No. <laughs> it just sounds like the P word sounds like, oh, lemons. Not when we. No. All right, look. <laughs> we getting carried away. This is still remembering me, so go ahead. Welcome to another episode of Remembering Me, a soul healing podcast. I'm Candace Love. I'm your boy, Brick City Buddha, also known as Docs. And today is going to be a different type of episode. This is something we were just randomly doing while packaging orders and thought it would be a good idea to just bring it to our platform. Yeah, she asked me why she was packing up. Uh, she said, do I know everything about you? I had to sit there and think about it for a second. And for the most part, we share everything. So initially, my answer was, yeah, you know everything I know about myself. But then as we started to dig into the conversation, there were uh, not blind spots, not nothing major, nothing crazy, but things that were just interesting for us to be able to discuss and um, ask each other. So we think that this is a beautiful ex- exercise for people to do that's in relationships. If you're getting to know somebody, um, coming up with a set of questions where you could like really peer into their life beyond what you're privy to while they're with you. And we're going to do that with each other right now. Some of these questions we dug into a little bit yesterday. Some of them we have no idea what we're about to ask each other. Be nice. Be I'll nice. see what I can do. Right. <laughs> um, so bear with us. We're going to have our phones. It's not going to be the usual episode. It's not going to be super long. Um, but we just felt like it was a great exercise to bring to our audience. So without further ado. Gentlemen first. Okay. So we're going to face each other, y'all. <laughs> This is so exciting. All right. Make sure it's not too much of the, the scratchiness on it. Yeah. Matter of fact, we sound fine. Yeah. Need some of that. That's on, right? Yeah. And y'all ignore my pants. Okay. So. You ready? I Cal, is you ready? ready? <laughs> All right, so my first question. You talked about just this morning, you was laughing and looking at me because I got a haircut. Y'all know how I go, fellas, when we get a haircut, all of a sudden they fall back in love. <laughs> Arguments only happen when you're about two, three weeks away from a, uh, a haircut. So I'm back. Um, and she was just looking at me, well, you was looking at me, smiling, talking about, you know, I always thought if I was going to get married, that he was going to have to be ugly or fat, (laughs) right? So beyond just those attributes, um, what type of man did you envision ending up with? Oh. So we already got ugly and fat. What else? And the ugly and fat is just because, like, I was prepared for anything. Like, I was prepared... It, it didn't feel like a relationship or marriage was going to happen for me. So it was like that felt like it was more of a chance. <laughs> and keep in mind, no shade to the quote right. unquote uglier for or sure. fat dudes. Some of y'all getting the most poussoir out here. So Facts. it's no shade. Facts. Yeah. I was prepared for a Rick Ross. <laughs> That's what I had in my head when you said it. Like, oh, you wanted Ross. Yeah. I was prepared for a Rick Ross. Um, but 
or what my ideal what did you envision what did i envision like this actually this actually applies to one of my other questions so i put it all in one like uh, a lot of people don't know about me unless they're around me is that i'm pretty silly um mm -hmm. i'm very much in touch with my inner child so did you envision being with a brother who was very serious who didn't have that aspect like those types of things what right. did you envision yeah i think I, my vision was more so centered around wounds. Mm. So my vision was someone that was just going to baby me and take care of me and make love to me and just kind of be all of the ideas of what I thought like a man would be. What do you, what do you, silly. What do you mean when you say baby? So like last night we were in the bed. <laughs> Last night we were in the bed watching a movie and I had a really long day and I was really tired and I felt myself being like moody in a sense. And so what I've learned is to just ask for what I want. And I was like, can you baby me? And you were like, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? And I just wanted to lay on your chest and for you to rub my back and um, watch a movie with me. But me being in your arms, it makes me feel really small and really taken care of. And not small in a bad way, but small, you know, like dainty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was one of the things that I envisioned is like always being like taken care of in that way. Did you envision a rich nigga? I think there were times where I envision making love in a loft against a window overlooking downtown. <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily about him being rich. It was about like certain experiences. Which we still been able to Absolutely. Okay. You know, the balconies is adding up at this point. So, and you remember, I told you since I'm only child, my imagination is something that took me very far. So I can be in front of hundreds of people in meetings and not even be there because I just stayed in an imaginary place. So I've always had like visions of what I thought it would be. And you are the most realistic, unrealistic vision that I've ever had because it's like, this wasn't just my imagination because I was bored in front of a meeting. Like all of those things you really exemplify. And last part on the envisioning, old or young? As far as age? Yeah, how old did you think he was going to be or young? Yeah, I always knew he would have to be older. Yeah, that was something I wanted. So once I found out how old you were, I was like, oh yeah, there, there we go. Got me old, nigga. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Always wanted older. Okay, you off the hook for the okay. first one. <laughs> so by now y'all should have an idea how this is going to flow. Right, okay. So my first question is, was there ever a point in our relationship that you thought it would not work out? My bad. Nah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Of course, the only time that was actually one of my questions. Um, but yeah, the only time. Matter of fact, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say no for right now. And when I come to that question, we'll dig into that together a little bit more. I'm going to save that. But no, I always know. From even before we started to become semi-romantic, which was, of course, 1,400 miles away like we always talk about. Even when I first saw you uh, in that picture on your birthday, September 30th, the bikini, I always talk about the black bikini. I think the uh, the thick song was, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't on that picture, but it was in that timeline. So I saw that picture, I read your caption, I'm like, oh, hold up, what we got here, right? But not in that way. Um, but even when I was like perusing through your page, I kind of knew. I kind of knew you was going to be my wife. And my mind frame wasn't even working on that yet. I wasn't planning on hollering at you, approaching you again. You reached out to me to thank me 
for me just supporting you and sharing your stuff because I felt like you was worthy of that. I had no plans on reaching out, but I guess the subconscious part of me, my spirit was like, oh, nah, that's the one, bro. So, yeah, I, I knew he wasn't going nowhere. I wasn't going to F this up. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to go with, all right, so I'll follow up with the question, being that you just asked that. Um, So there was a certain point where, of course, all this was new to us, and not just this level of love, but also you had an idea that you never wanted to be with a man who had kids, um, who already had some semblance of a family. That that was part of what you envisioned that you forgot to mention, right? Um, so you had made the choice to just kind of go with it. And at a certain point, of course, I was trying to figure it out too. You realized that I wasn't dishonoring you in any like extracurricular way. Um, but you would notice that when I would get into it with my son's mother, how much it would affect my emotions and how what I thought was nobility, what I thought was me holding my own weight, was kind of checking out on you because I wouldn't be as available to you. We would talk every day except for one of those experiences. So it got to a point where he was like, look, it was like close to New Year's. Like, I want to be happy right now. And I respect where you at, but if we're going to continue, you're going to have to figure out a way to be able to still handle that, do what you got to do, but still honor me at the same time. So when you, that was the first time you had kind of gave me any type of ultimatum as far as like me keeping you in my life. So from that point, when you put that request out, you put that need out from that point to when you realize, oh, he gets it. Oh, he's making those strides. He's making those shifts. When did you realize I was going to be able to figure it out? Yeah. So, you know, that was a hard conversation because, you know, we were having such a great time in our newly forming union. And the aspect of not wanting to date someone who had kids, that was the reason why, because it just kind of gets like murky. Um, and so after I let you know that this is something that I'm not sure that I can be a part of if you don't have the capacity to evolve in this way, I was preparing my energy to detach, preparing my energy to let go and be okay with that and not be upset or there was no like sinister energy or upset energy, but it was just like, this is not going to work for me. And I took some time, maybe like what a day, two days. <laughs> I'm thinking she about to check out for like a week or a month and not to cut you off, but had I not developed the capacity to allow you that space, because I used to be an aggressive resolver, one of the processing styles I talk about, where people are like in a rush to get towards resolution. Yeah. So a previous version of me wouldn't have been able to be comfortable enough to allow you the space you needed to figure out what you needed. Um, and same for myself, I would have just worried the whole time and not done my own due diligence, looked at myself really to do some of the things that you had pointed out that I didn't realize, because not only was I checking out on you, I was checking out on the peaceful, happy version of myself Absolutely. every time. So I realized, yo, for myself, I got to take some control back. So I was grateful in those two days, right, <laughs> that you was gone. Um, but I needed that message for myself as well. My bad. I ain't mean to cut you off. I had yeah. to throw that in. Yeah, because I think if for me, it was like um, I would have all of you. And then in those moments it was like a person that I just didn't know. I mean, you wasn't doing nothing crazy. You were just feeling and, but I didn't have any access to you anymore. And that was triggering things from my past um, with exes in the picture. And so I had to make a solid decision. And um, once I brought that to your attention and we were able to have the conversation, you instantly got it. Like there was no pushback it was straight solution. Um, and that was the indication that this is not the same as what I've experienced in the past. Cause one, I would have never brought it up. I would have just ended things. So this was a new situation for me where I'm like, 
oh, I can actually express how I feel, it be received. And then if there is an agreement while you receive that information, like a change can be implemented. And that's what you immediately did. And it wasn't just for me. Um, it was you recognizing that she had way too much control. And it was you severing that relationship, taking those claws out of her being able to say things that could instantly hurt you that were intentionally meant to be hurtful. And you learning how not to allow those things to have any impact on you. And I feel like that was part of the, the purpose God put me in your life as well, for you to really start to stand strong in honoring not allowing anybody not even me to have that much power <laughs> over your emotions that's what i was about to say because like uh source universe god doesn't waste like i always tell somebody no way so we scrape the plate but she was being used to push me to that point you was being used to expose the points i was being pushed to so i remember and you said many times uh, can't nobody tell me nothing about you mm -hmm. right once you made that statement I instantly started to adjust and implement, but of course I had to become seasoned in it. Sure. But over time, like that was the the seed that was planted to get me to realize I need to be able to defend docs as well as my wife does. Mm. And it don't mean I can't take um like healthy ridicule. I can't accept a different perspective of myself that can push me forward. But at the same time, I know myself extremely well at this point. So that was a beautiful point where you helped me to like break a program beyond just my son's Absolutely. mother, but of other people's perceptions, OPP, like I always talk about. So even in a moment where it felt like I may possibly lose you, I like you was even in saying I may need to step away from this relationship. That was still you kind of digging into my spirit, into my heart, into my soul and saying, here, this is what you need. Yeah. And it has to come in the package where the urgency and the desperation of I may lose this woman is what's going to be the soil around the seed that nothing else to that point in my life had made grow. Right. Right. And then before we transition to your question, was there any point where you felt like um, that inability I had at a certain point was like the other men who chose other women? Um, I'll say no, because... In those relationships, I never even got that far. I never expressed how it made me feel. Um, so I, I never had the opportunity to be in a place to where I felt safe enough to even think that a change could come from it. Uh, so this was completely different, but the wound was the same. The trigger was the same. Are there being an ex, somebody that's just always lingering in the back in some way, that was the narrative, that was the trigger. So you being completely different, how you handled it, being completely different, how you implemented being completely different, I never even got that far with other people because once the trigger happened, I was gone. Mm -hmm. uh, your turn Okay Actually it's actually, I don't even have to look at my phone Because this is a part of my question uh, You mentioned how When we were speaking at a time I told you that I didn't want to date Someone who had kids How did that make you feel? Do you remember at what point you said that? Was that within that conversation? Oh, that was before. I, I, I think I don't know. I'm not sure. I remember where I was though. Where I were you? Where I was when I said it? I was at a shop getting like sage and Palo Santo, standing outside, um, waiting to go inside. And I don't know how the conversation happened, but I remember that I made it extremely clear. But it wasn't extremely clear. Like I didn't want to date you because it was you had just conversation. Kids. It was just me acknowledging that that's something that I've always said and stood by. I don't think it made me feel bad. I know it didn't make me feel bad. Um, I think it gave me more awareness of the sacrifice you was making to, um, I guess, take the risk of being in this type of situation. And, you know, you wasn't, there was no rings on your finger yet. You could have yeah. easily just went your way whenever you felt like it. But to give it a shot, it gave me more awareness of 
your level of sacrifice, your level your level of being able to pivot, to change your mind. I was talking to my barber, uh, my new barber. Shout out to my brother, Colder <laughs> Barber. Um, I'm going to have him on the platform soon. But we was talking about, you know, women, talking about Chewy, talking about his lady. And he was like, you really don't know if a woman is, like, capable of riding with you mm. until she, till y'all are put in a difficult situation together. So I was talk. he gave me his example of how she showed him. And I was talking about when we was at the airport. Of course, you showed me many times previous to that. Um, but to be in a situation where you could have easily complained my head off or not trusted my ability to help us get out of the situation, like you, you never complained the whole day. And it's been so many different situations like that. So I think that was the first, like, really big one was like, hold up. This is something that's extremely make or break. For most women, most women not even going to entertain a conversation as soon as they find out, oh, you got a kid, I'm good, right? And in the conversation, we have already got past the plateau of you like, nah, I'm here. I want to experiment and see where this go. So it didn't make me upset. It just gave me more uh, appreciation and awareness for how expansive your heart was at, at that point. Hey. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I thought about that because I think that that was the intention was to just have you acknowledge that this is something new for me and but it's always kind of lingered in the back of my head like did that hurt his feelings because that wasn't my intention um but i i wanted to ask just to it actually made me feel fortunate too on top of that um we know at this point knowing our life a life story individually and how many things had to fall in place at every point, every stage, every day of our life to get us to come together. Those type of things can like really block a relationship from blooming. Um, so I was also grateful like something potentially that big did not block you from at least experimenting with me and seeing yeah. where this could go. So I also felt fortunate. It was no negativity when you said that. Okay. Plus good. I'm a G, so. Absolutely. It's my turn? <laughs> it's your turn. All right. Um... Okay. Speaking of the things speaking of the things that had to go right for us to come together. What age did you lose your virginity? <laughs> and how did that experience impact your idea of and relationship with sex? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. So I lost my virginity when I was 18. Um but it was a beautiful experience. I didn't have like one of those horror stories. Everything was like how I feel a young girl would envision it being. I felt that safe, that protected. It was romantic, like all the things that I needed to have that stamped as a nice experience. Now all the shit that happened after that was a different story. But that experience was nice. Um, in regards to how that shaped how I viewed sex in relationships, um, it, it shaped it in a nice way, in a healthy way, but the things that happened after that tainted it. So how I was treated after the fact, um, after you allow someone into your space and everything is beautiful. And then even though it wasn't like he had sex with me and then just started acting crazy. It wasn't like that. The relationship just wasn't going to work in general. But the way he went about it was very mean and unhealthy. So but for that being my first time. Um, allowing someone into like your personal space and then they treat you that way and then a ex comes into the situation even in something that is as 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 beautiful as the first time is the things that follow that situation because now I'm so attached can also be traumatic so a ex came into the situation with that and so it kind of shaped my idea around me offering myself to someone being a traumatic experience because I don't know how they will treat me after the fact so with that being said do you how do you look at the experience of losing your virginity like is there retroactive violation 
on top of the moment itself because of what happened after? Or do you still look at it as a, a beautiful moment to usher you into having sex? No, that was a beautiful moment to usher me into having sex. I was extremely, like, safe. I felt free. I felt... Um, I didn't feel self-conscious. One of the things at 18, he always made sure that I felt beautiful. He would even have me like repeat it. Like, tell me that you feel beautiful. Remind me that you are beautiful, those types of things. So I had a very safe environment in that moment. So that moment wasn't tainted. It was just all the stuff afterwards. <laughs> and it's interesting too, cause I lost my virginity at 18. Um, mm -hmm. We was talking about on the Ken Cave. If y'all haven't checked it out, please make sure y'all hit my page up. We got two episodes out right now. Yeah. And the first episode, myself, uh, my brother Herbal Chemistry, Detox, AJ McQueen, we all attested to being late bloomers. Yeah. And the idea of black men is that, you know, we sexual predators. We come out the womb trying to, you know, have sex and things of this nature. So my my relationship with sex, my ideology of it was also based on a beautiful experience. And that kind of set the template, that set the foundation for me to, like, that couple with my father still being with my mother to this day. I know my father has never stepped out in any way, shape, or form. That's just not the type of being he is. It's not the type of man he is. So with those two different poles, that carried me a long time. That's why my first 15 years of being sexually active, it was two relationships. Now, towards the end of the second relationship, being that it was so traumatic, I did start to cheat, and that's when my quote-unquote whole phase started to happen. But initially, me being with a woman that I was in a relationship with at that time, she was my girlfriend. She understood I was a virgin. I didn't feel no pressure when I finally felt like I was ready after a few shots of corn liquor. Yeah, I made my first time exper experimenting with alcohol, right? She was just, um, she was okay being a tutor, if you will. And that apprehension that you feel like, bro, I'm 18, I ain't had no sex yet, I'm gonna be terrible. She kind of like held me in a way that was beautiful for me. Cause if your first experience is bad as a man, that can get in your head. Like we was watching the, the funny movie the other day, um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And it was a, a newlywed couple, and the dude was a virgin. I guess she was a little more experienced than him, and it gave him apprehension. Like, he would feel like he would want to throw up because he just didn't know what he was doing. Um, so to have that but also have the sanctity and purity of having somebody I loved in that moment, that did carry me for a long time and seeking out those type of connections in ways where it wasn't just randoms. I learned that behavior way later due to trauma and what a lot of my other brothers was doing, but... The synchronicity of us bo both being 18, having beautiful experiences with our boyfriend and girlfriend. Like We, we don't yeah. be lying about how many things have been in alignment way before we connected. Right, yeah. yeah. And it, it's really rare that people have a beautiful first experience. So we both were able to have at least that foundation. So, yeah. Okay. So my next question is, do you have a most embarrassing moment? Absolutely. Um, I got a few. Now, I'm going to go with the main one. I was young, so the, the full force of it didn't hit me in that moment, but it was still crazy. <laughs> I think I told you this, or my father told you this. So we was um, we would go to Virginia a lot, and we was going to get on the ferry to go to Chesapeake Bay or something like that. I'm like five years old. No, nah, I was probably like four, four or five. Cause Marty is five, I'm like, damn, he would never do this. But you know, they more advanced these days. So I'm in the back seat, and at that time, whenever we would travel, you know, spam was super popular back then. <laughs> back then, and it came back around. People like spam again, but it was a time was like spam, ew, right? So we will always have my mother would make spam sandwiches, right? Some of them would be mayo, some of them would be mustard. She would pack up like 50 of them things, our little two liter bottles of Pepsi. So we'd just be. Down in our sandwiches on the way. And I was in the back seat, my sister right next to me, my parents in the front. I had to use the bathroom, right? But for some reason, I was waiting for somebody to ask me, do you need to go to the bathroom? I guess I was at that transitional point. was like, no, you need to say that. <laughs> Let one go. Pooped on myself. And just pure as day, just like looking out the window. Right? And all of a sudden... My sister was like, ew, 
<laughs> my father looked back. Jeffrey, what are you doing? Takes me out the car. He got to take me into the Chesapeake Bay uh, shopping center. Mind you, I got the tube socks with the stripes at the top. Shorts at that time was mad high. It's dookie sliding down my legs. And my father got to walk me through this joint, clean me up. So, yeah, that was my most embarrassing moment. Oh, my goodness. Y'all should send me a cash app for that. (laughs) That's still traumatic. (laughs) But, yeah, that's it. What about you? I do. I I, I think my embarrassing moment is what taught me not to be embarrassed in future moments. So I had, I was young. I don't know how old I was, but I had a wraparound skirt. And I thought I was Beyonce little sister for real at this time. I was coming into myself. So probably like middle school, old enough to remember that I was really embarrassed. And this is when like my mama would, you know, drop us off at the mall so we can just go walk around with our friends. And look for boys. (laughs) And I had this wraparound skirt on that I loved I found at a thrift store and it was so pretty but when I put it on I didn't really know how to do it the proper way uh so I was just like you know as long as I tie a knot it wasn't gonna come off so I go to the mall I'm walking around the mall I'm cute but when it was time to leave it was like a really windy day and I walked outside it was it wasn't Macy's at the time it was Foley's I walked outside (laughs) and this wind just like kicked up and I'm walking to my mama's car and all I hear is my mama say, where are your clothes? And I look up and my skirt is in the air. You're doing a Marilyn Monroe out here. It's flying. Like I don't have, it's just down the street in the air. It came off. It flew off. In the mall parking lot, like it's just flying in the way, it, like it, like it was a tornado. Are you just in your panties? In my panties, <laughs> looking slow, running to the car because I can't run and chase. Oh I can't chase it because the it was such like a a silk kind of skirt. So and it was like a short skirt. So if the wind take it, it's going. It ain't like it's like sliding it on the ground. It was in the air, just flying away. People was looking and laughing. I oh, feel like they you were. Don't even know. I don't know. I, I was so embarrassed. It, it felt like the world was right. looking and laughing. And that okay. was my most embarrassing okay. moment. That qualifies. <laughs> I got you beat, but that yeah, qualifies. Yeah, you definitely got me beat. <laughs> you definitely got me beat. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to do probably two or three more questions. I got a client soon, and we don't want to make these too long. So, All right, here we go. What do you least like? About your husband. <laughs> I feel like this is such an unfair question. I don't like the terminology of least alike. Okay. <laughs> but the one thing that I notice. I think I know what you're about to say. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> is that when you eat, sometimes you smack on your foot. <laughs> That was it. I know you was going to say that. That was it. That's that's really it. That's always been like this thing. But, you know, I read a study that mm-hmm. says that if people smacking on their food, their chips or their gum, if it bothers you that much, it must be it's something like psychologically happening within the person to where sound. Yeah. To where those specific sounds is really doing something to their nervous system. So when it happens, I try not to, you know, just feel away. But my instinct is as soon as I hear a smack, I got to turn around and look. I got to look at you like, you don't hear that? And it's everybody. It's my mama. It's anybody. But I think that's the one thing where I'm like, huh. So that's an actual thing? It's Um, an actual thing. I had a client where... We had the session already, and her birthday was coming up. I had worked with them as a couple. And she was like, Docs, you know, I just went, I had a question for you. And she was like, I have this thing called misophonia, where people with misophonia are affected emotionally by common sounds. Yeah. Usually made by, the, by usually those made by others. Um, 
breathing, yawning, chewing. Yeah. <laughs> so misophonia is an actual thing. That's why yeah. I was looking it up. Um, but she was like, her birthday is coming up. And I want to be, no, her husband had it. And she was like, I want to just go out with my family. But I know he has a thing where he can't really go to restaurants because he'll literally get sick. Um, so, yeah, that is a thing. And I'm cool with that. It'll even be times if we're in close quarters. I'm like, yo, I'm about to eat. You want me, let me go in the other room? So it's always going to be little things. Like, it has nothing to do with how we love each other. For sure. People are people. Are people. Yeah. People are beings. Individual got their own quirks. Idiosyncrasy is one of my favorite words. Um, so what about me though? <sighs> Something that you notice, or you can use your terminology. Hmm. It don't have to do with you. What is it? It has to do with our styles of upkeep in the house. Okay. One of them I ain't, I ain't got to worry about no more. This is facts. You know which one I'm talking about? Putting up the Mm-mm. what? <laughs> I ain't got to deal with no hair in the sink. <laughs> I ain't got to deal with no hair in the tub. <laughs> so, yeah, the hair thing. And then did you see what I did today? You put the dishes away. Nah, that's one of the, the things I've been accommodating for you. Yeah. Did you see the garbage? Uh-uh. I'm very big on recycling. Yeah. Um, I, I just like to um, take care of Mama Earth in any way I can. Yeah. So I've told you a bunch of different times yeah. where to put the plastic and all of that. So I actually put on the recycling, plastic, cardboard. <laughs> and when I wrote it, because I'm like, all right, should I go tell her? But I don't want to have to keep telling her she get tired of me saying it. So I'm like, all right, let me just write it on here. And after I wrote it, I looked at it like, that looks so passive aggressive. <laughs> even though I didn't even mean it like that. Um, but yeah, that's the main two things. I think that's great, though, because I, I genuinely you forget. forget. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. No yeah, doubt. like, can I recycle plastic? Right. Like, so, no, that's, I, I like that. Okay. Yeah, not, not bad. Mm-mm. Not bad. All right, your turn. It's my turn? Yeah, okay. this will be your last one. So my last question, I feel like is a great question, too. Mm-hmm. If you didn't think Madi was moving to Atlanta, mm-hmm. would you have ever moved to Houston or planned to progress our relationship forward outside of long distance? Yeah, I've thought about that many times, actually. Um, so that's a great question. Like when, and you know, like how your business ideas come to you, same thing with me. And just how we move in general, it's literally like, consciousness spilling down through the crown and uh, I got to do something um so that's kind of how it happened for me because you had never asked me and when we was having this conversation yesterday being that you had never asked so what are we are you gonna move here are we gonna get married I asked you yesterday from the point where I proposed how long do you think it would have been before that it started to kick in where it's like all right what we doing at that point when I proposed we had maybe seven months before we met in the physical and then from that point, going back and forth, traveling for about a year. So we was almost two years in at that point. So you was pretty much saying like probably the two and a half, three year mark. You're like, all right, what are we doing? So when the download came to me long before you had to feel any of that, of course, the alignment of Madi was involved. But when the download came, that was almost like an afterthought. When I received like, okay, it's time. Oh, yeah, Madi about to be. It was that. So even though I always talk about it being a huge part of the decision making, it was more so on the back end. The decision was already the decision that this needed to, we needed to share the same space and not even just for our relationship, for what we are here to do, our purpose in this grid and how we amplify that for each other. It was just to the point where long distance wasn't going to be able to cultivate that no more. So regardless, Mighty's still in Jersey anyway. You've asked me, like, you feel like you need to move back to New Jersey? I'll be okay with it. I'm not going nowhere. I knew I needed to be here regardless of what was going to happen with Marty. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, baby. What did you think? Did you think that was the case? Um, what? That regardless of where Marty was going, I was still coming. Ooh, I didn't. So you just learned that? You just learned that now? I know because I've, I've asked you in a roundabout ways this question before um ways like do you want to move back to new jersey do you think that's what's best 
So I've asked those questions like in those ways, but I never just like flat out asked. Um, but I did think that it was gonna be dependent upon where Madi was, and I was partially okay with that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that I I knew. You learn something new every day. Every day. <laughs> All right, so two questions in one on my last one, and this will be our last one. You don't got to ask no more. Okay. What's your body count? <laughs> I'll give you mine, too. <laughs> and then um, how, how did you know or when did you know that I was the one? Okay, that's good. So my body count is five. Um, I've done a lot of work. You actually were a catalyst to me doing a lot of work in, like, healing my womb. Once the conversation came up about having children, if that was something we wanted and, you know, you just kind of instilling like you are already a mother, like remember that, honor that. And so that called me to now go to my womb. And if I am a mother, then I need to heal the space within me. So um, that's where I was able to sit down and really heal the, the number because there was a part of me growing up to where even five, I felt like a straight hussy. Like, oh my God, I can't believe. Like there was so much shame around the number and not even just the number, it was shame around what caused me to have sex with some of those people because I wasn't in relationships with all of them. So it was a lot of shame in in around those areas and you really were the catalyst to me like healing a lot of that. And then the second question. How did you know I was the one? When? What experience? Yeah, so just like that, uh, remember when we first met, I was already on my healing journey. You were already on your healing journey. But when you, <laughs> no, <laughs> when you have the, uh, the right person, they kind of like escalate certain things. They show you certain things. Like they become a mirror and just kind of show you themselves, uh, yourself. And that's kind of what happened when I was with you. I started recognizing that my healing started advancing even faster because you were just holding up such a mirror to where I was like, oh, I need to acknowledge that. Or, oh, I never did womb work or whatever the case was. I had never even looked in the mirror at my full body in four years until you told me to go get a full length mirror. And now we got like two, three of them. And so um, I knew because everything about me elevated instantly as soon as you came into my life i saw myself for the first time i was healing deeper and deeper and deeper i lost 60 something pounds things that i had been attempting to do for seven plus years i started to work for myself they happened within the first six months of us talking like most people it takes them a year and change to lose 60 something pounds i did it in six months quitting my job being an entrepreneur all of these things happen based on conversations we had certain things you would say that would kind of like trigger things that i'm like whoa i need to sit with that so everything about you elevated me and that's why when it comes to like um, business or my confidence or how I see myself a lot of that I um, champion you in that conversation because you were the conduit and the catalyst for all of those things to happen yes I had to do the work by myself but you held up such a pristine mirror that if you wouldn't have been the catalyst or the conduit those things would not have happened in my opinion and they would not have happened at that rate and now i don't think that they would have happened or come to me from a, a peaceful place of love that you were able to generate so, so it was a culmination of moments yeah okay. it was a lot of moments to okay. where because it happened instantly as soon as we started talking mm -hmm. 
everything started changing right. instantly. Right. So there was no way that I could ever back out or have like second thoughts because everything was in alignment. Mm. It was almost like God saying, well, girl, if, if you don't see how perfect this is, then I don't know what to tell you. Mm. And that was very clear to mm. me from jump. Even with um, a perception that I can't be with a man who got kids, still being able to see the perfection of what it was. Because I was also <clears throat> able to see this is forcing me to heal certain things, mm -hmm. even with things that's happened with you and your son's mm -hmm. mom. I couldn't just write that off as, see, this is why I didn't want to. Right, right. It wasn't that. It was like, no, this is actually triggering things from my past so I can actually go back and acknowledge them. Right. So you were helping me see way bigger pictures than my wounds wanted me to. And I, I couldn't deny that. Like, we were in sync and meant for each other on so many ways. On top of that, just how perfectly you loved me, your voice. Talk that talk. I saved, uh, I don't think people know this, but I saved videos, not videos, voice memos. Oh, they know. You posted it the I other did, day. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saved voice memos of you um, from the very beginning, and I would listen to them every night before I would go to bed. It just felt like you were there with me. So it was things that I had never done before that was like, oh, no, this is this is very different. This is it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Same questions. Oh, we don't got time. I already posted why you're the one. Well, when yeah, I knew you, you was okay, the one. Yeah, so y'all can go check out my sure, page. Yeah, I will yeah. get my body count real quick. I'm somewhere between like 15 and 20. Um, that don't sound like a lot. And it's like, why are you writing a book like Memoirs of a Former F-Boy if that's the case? But like I said, the first 15 years of my sexual activity, I was in relationships. That's what I saw with my father. I wanted family for a long time. Um, but when I got to that point where I did start to step out on my ex at that time, that's when I kind of started to wow. And that between 15 and 20 got amassed within a short period of time. So I was able to have a glimpse of what it's like to be a true F boy um, and like stack numbers up. I wasn't trying to do that. I was low key like trying to heal wounds through other women, which of course I talk about in that book. Um, but compared to what I've heard from a lot of my peers, my male peers, we talking about 50 before they leave high school. Um, so I am glad that to a certain degree, spirit, life kind of protected me and to a certain degree conserved my energy for you. Um, even with the 15 to 20, I did a lot of work just like you did to um, not just get those energies out of my spirit because there was still places when we was with those people for us to learn things. But we both did tremendous work to purify ourselves and to be open for each other. So I'm glad I don't have like a, a hundred number, no shade to anybody who do. But just for my particular journey, I don't know if I would have been able to make it back from going that deep. Um, no pun intended into <laughs> my sexuality. I don't know if I would have made it to my wife. So um, thank yeah. you, Source. Thank you, myself. Thank you, Life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, 15 to 20. Yeah, I love that. So, so without further ado, this is we'll we'll continue this every now and then. We'll yeah, throw one of these this in. This is fun. We'll have different questions, and again, this is also to inspire y'all and in y'all relationships. Even if you're getting to know somebody and y'all vibing, whether these questions or y'all come up with y'all own, these are ways where we can like dive deeper into each other. Because one of the things we said. I asked her, like, once we realized how much we know about each other and then we started to even find new things out via the questions we had yesterday, I was like, do you think people, like, in long-term relationships, 10, 15, 20 years can mm -hmm. say that they know everything about that person? And to a large degree, people can't say that. Yeah. To a large degree, people don't even really know who they with outside of the trauma bonds and the things that they actually do resonate on. They don't really even know that person 20 years in. So we got to just be intentional and forthright and doing that work to find out who am I with? Yeah, and yeah. start getting excited about inquiring about things that may make you feel uncomfortable. Because even when it comes down to the body count, as surface of a question, as people think that that, that is, they just brush off. But let's dig into why does it feel so uncomfortable for you to say the number? Is there still shame underneath 
acknowledging that so it's the places where we don't really go or the places where it's like that doesn't really matter or the things that we just don't put an emphasis on there may be a a layer of getting to know your partner deeper underneath those questions so i i just think that that's extremely important to to know each other in and out so we survived we survived episode one of this series what we gonna call this the questions. The qu- <laughs> and most definitely got a song called The Questions. Most definitely Common Sense will like splice that in going forward when we have these episodes. Yeah, the questions. It's nice. The questions. All right. Remembering me, um, we just put up or we'll be putting up that episode from yeah. last week that didn't make it to YouTube. We got a fancy new camera still figuring that out. Yeah. So that'll go up. This episode will go up. I also have my first cooking video. Yeah. I show you how to make a medicine salad. Salad may not seem sexy until you see how I make mine. But I do more of my recipe piece going forward but that will be going up um king cave coming soon yeah uh 11 2 november 2nd 6 30 p.m on my ig live the next um sundays with source yeah will be the first sunday in november you got anything books sasha yep. flowers sasha flowers is available my skincare that's available to order on sashaflowersskincare.com mm-hmm. um you can also order my book at candislove.com i'm in the process of creating new things new offerings as well um so yeah that's pretty much it i'll also be dropping a, a five pack of very powerful breathing exercises mm. that you could purchase um somebody reached out to me about doing that they want to get more into breath work it's not a lot of people of color black men right. guiding that so these are going to be short little uh private youtube clips that once they up you can you know uh, sign up you purchase one you can get one you can get the whole pack but that's coming soon too so look out for that yep. yeah all right all right y'all love Talk to you all soon.